daddy gonna stay in school and, and graduate. You're gonna die, Klaus! You can do it! Captain Insano shows no mercy. You can do it! I love my mama very much. Now you know that. Once again, things that could have been brought to my attention yesterday! Hello, and welcome to the Sandler Pit, the podcast that likes to say hello to my chocolate blend. Uh, that's a Duncachino, Al Pacino line, right? Yeah, that's one of the lyrics. From, uh, from the Duncan. Irishman, right? <laughs> <laughs> okay, so this Sunday is going to be Valentine's Day. Get your loved ones near to celebrate this momentous occasion. We're going to watch the very romantic film Blended. What is Blended? So basically, what I can remember from this, I, I have seen it, but I don't really remember it that well. They're two separate families. I think they might be divorcees or widows. I don't know. Who knows? And they go to a couple's resort separately. So Adam Sandler and his family, and then Drew Barrymore and her family. And I think they're both single. Not 100% on Why that. are they a couple's retreat? I can't remember what it is. I don't know. Do they win, they win something to go there? I'm not sure. I can't remember. Not important. They end up having to pretend that they're one family, so their two families get blended. Ah, I see. That's the whole concept. They just have to try and fool everyone. Otherwise, they Um, get kicked out, maybe. I don't know. I'm not sure how it leads to these crazy circumstances, but I can't wait to find out. Me too. I've never seen this film before. I do quite like the poster uh, with Adam Sandler with his big, big, big sideburns and a giraffe (laughs) in the background. Isn't he wearing a really big shirt as well? He's wearing a big jacket. Uh, You've got one of those jackets, I think, mate. He's wearing a big jacket in an unnamed African country. Yeah. Like we mentioned in the outro, this film is set in Africa. Not set in a freaking specific country. According to Wikipedia, it's just set. They go to Africa. Oh, he's wearing a Harrington yeah, that's it. He's like a little indie boy. Yeah, he looks a bit like you'd love uh, Liam Gallagher, doesn't he? <laughs> <laughs> he's a big fan of the Arctic Monkeys. And then, yeah, Drew Barrymore's pointing his face as he's laughing. So, <laughs> yeah, um, I think it might be fun, but the reviews are saying otherwise. But I really do like them together in the two films that we've seen before. They have got good chemistry. They're obviously good mates in real life. Usually nice to see them together. Yeah, we really like them together. Both of the films that we've watched with them both in they've been like strong castle films basically and it's the same director as well that did uh, wedding singer and interesting oh he also did click oh no <laughs> so we uh, touched on it briefly there we have a ranking system called the sandler pit and the sandler castle the best of adam sandler's films we throw into the castle where they'll celebrate with the delightful company of hoobie halloween <laughs> what else have we been putting there uh, 51st date, The Longest Yard. Longest, uh, longest Yard. <laughs> if we think a film's really bad, we'll banish it to the Sandler Pit, where it'll fester and rot with the cobbler and going overboard and click. And I just want to clarify, the pit is open for visits. You can go into the pit. No, mate. You must lock- do so at your own risk. It's a lock and key situation, except for Eight Crazy Nights, which has a visitation rights. Everything else has been banished. We're not going back. I, re- <laughs> Stop I just go in and watch I just, Click. I just want to get Click out of there. Click is just slowly burrowing its way back up, but it's never getting out of that. Fucking Any film that has Adam Sandler pausing time so that he can fart in David Hasselhoff's mouth is worthy of our time. <laughs> No, I'm kidding. It's the worst. <laughs> really, um, We both really like their films together, but this one came at a weird sort of time when Sandler was kind of, I want to say he's having a bit of a down moment, I guess. Hasn't really come back from it. <laughs> yeah, this was 
just before his Netflix deal, mm-hmm. I think. So around 2014, this came out. I don't remember when his Netflix deal started. I, I reckon like 2015, I think it was. All his cinematic films were so shit, like Jack and Jill and uh, That's My Boy. And Grown well, he's on, a, he's on a run with this one. So yeah, he goes Jack and Jill, Grown Ups 2, then Blended, and then Pixels was after that. So it's not a great time, I don't think, for Adam yeah. Sanders' films. So I think they were I, running out of creativity and it was all like reasons for him to go on holiday. And that's what this yeah. film kind of looks like. Yeah, like a lot of his films, they're always set in a foreign location just so he can have fun with his mates. Seems like the same here. I'm not looking forward to this particularly based on the reviews, but it can't be worse than uh, going overboard last week. I just can't. We were saying before we started recording, I think we said that... Um, Going Overboard was just such a dip, like easily one of the worst films I've ever watched, even away from the podcast. I think that anything is going to look good compared to that. This is going to be like having a really, really horrible flight and then you get off the airplane after there's been a baby crying and, you know, all the food being poisonous or something like that. And then you land in the country Africa. The country Africa. You land in the one African airport. (laughs) There's a giraffe walking by outside or whatever. I bet that's actually in the film. I bet they're flying over, going into the fucking airport. There'll be giraffes on the runway. Like, like, look, Dad, a giraffe from the airplane. That'd be quite funny, actually. I feel like this film should hopefully be quite lighthearted and hopefully nice. Well, we do have a measure to see how nice or how offensive these films are, which we call our Sandler scale. Uh, what is our Sandler scale, Luke? Throughout our journey into these films, we've been making a long list of Sandler tropes, things that you can come to expect, like fart jokes, bald jokes, references to marijuana, misogyny, racism, transphobia, <sighs> very bad stuff that Sandler likes to joke about and include in these films. When we uh, watch these films, we always have a list of, I think we have nine each and it's we make it into a bingo sheet and yeah. we tick them off throughout the film when they appear. And then when we come back, we'll see who managed to get the most and also who managed to get it fastest. I feel a bit optimistic about this. It'll probably be a little bit maybe offensive in the whole. I, uh, I, <laughs> I think that wait to, to revisit this with you and you're so jaded and angry again. <laughs> Honestly, I don't think anything's going to be as bad as when I watched Going Overboard with my fiance. We were both sat there so grumpy. We were just like snapping at each other about things. I was just, it was horrible. <laughs> I just didn't feel good watching it. Cause your, think... your divorce before uh, <laughs> you've been married. We watched this film together when we first started going out, I guess, all those years back. Really? Yeah, yeah. We watched it Aww. together. So yeah, it'll be interesting to watch it. But I just feel like it can't be as bad as going overboard if there's one offensive thing in it i'll forgive it i think because at least it won't be as bad as two american guys playing like mexican henchmen that fight over a sausage on a jet ski on their way to kill miss australia because they're from rocky (laughs) told them to (laughs) sweaty sweaty poorly it can't be that bad yeah right should we just go Um, and watch this film absolutely so grab your safari kit uh (laughs) grab your little safari hat because guess what we're going to the mystical magical country of africa Pack your bag and let's we'll come back to uh, talk about blended. Look, Dad, a hippo. <laughs> <laughs> right, see you later. Yeah, see you in a bit. You are now listening to the Sandler Pit. <laughs> Going on family vacations together now? I have no idea why they followed us to Africa. Exciting, amazing, romantic. <laughs> And we are back. We've both hey. just watched Blended. 
the Adam Sandler and Drew Barrymore, I guess, rom-com. Would you say this one was a rom-com? Absolutely, it's a rom-com. Yeah, it's what pretty, else would it be? romantic, it's not... isn't it? It's, it's completely romantic. What else would it be? A fucking nature documentary? <laughs> Family drama. Travel show. Yeah, so we've both watched this. We recorded our intro, I want to say it was like maybe 10 days ago. I don't remember the intro I really can't remember. So just for safety, <laughs> Luke, do you want to tell us what the film's about? Yeah, absolutely. So this is um, about two single parents. There's Drew Barrymore, who's... Uh, divorced and she has this horrible horrible ex-husband who's uh, played by Joel McHale from Community and then there's Adam Sandler. There's a lot of these films which are very tragic aren't they? Yeah this quite is, sad. He's a, he's a widower and he has three daughters she has two sons. They go on a blind date they both hate each other by some very convoluted way they end up both going on holiday to Africa the country Africa then realise they're strengths in helping parent each other's kids and obviously fall in love what did you think of blended i've kind of gone back and forward on this quite a bit which i think i'd say it about every one of these films every time you you ask me what i think about it, it's like well i thought this and it wouldn't be it wouldn't be as interesting to talk about if it was just one-sided i guess basically as you say it's convoluted at the start why they end up in africa i think they say a, maybe one time that it's south africa but other than that it's yeah just the guy africa, says that which is quite weird the big thing that i thought through the whole film was that i really didn't actually need the africa side of things basically the two characters have quite an interesting backstory it's a nice enough setup it's a usual usual rom-com kind of thing i think some of the stories in like love actually are kind of similar a parent is struggling that led to some quite nice character moments it's kind of funny that adam sanders character has this these three daughters and they've all got this this weird haircut because they go to the same barber as him <laughs> and they all wear these tracksuits all, all four of them him included yeah. they're all wearing tracksuits all the time i found all that stuff quite funny and the dynamics that they set up in the opening scenes i would be happy to just stick with that storyline and for them to cross over in like a school setting or just in a regular setting oh, really than, yeah i think so i think there was enough there for it to have been like a nice grounded maybe it would have felt too much like a sitcom or like a tv show if they just stayed there but um i liked that setup and the parents struggling and then finding that they did quite like each other by the end and drew barrymore and adam sander always have chemistry it's definitely my least favorite out of those three films that they've done together but i think there's something about the two of them when they get on screen they do bounce off each other in quite a nice way yeah i don't know as soon as it got to africa i just sort of thought i don't really need to be watching a film where drew barrymore is parachuting and about to get a rhino horn up her bum they're riding ostriches (laughs) oh yeah her vagina vagina yeah all of the africa stuff it just felt too over the top for me i was sort of semi-invested in the story and the characters but I just think there was quite a lot going on the fact that it's a two-hour film I didn't think this dragged in the same way some of the other ones we've watched have it just felt like a bit too much you sound like a fucking shill for Frank Karachi (laughs) (laughs) no I agree actually but mine's more split in the middle I hated the first half I liked I really liked the second half oh okay I didn't like the setup for the characters at all particularly the kids but I ended up getting quite invested in it so there's five kids in Mm -hmm. the film there's two boys and three girls luke terry i want you to rank the kids from best to worst i haven't really you don't have to remember you don't have to remember their names i can't remember the two boys names i remember the girls because one of my first notes was one of my first laughs was the fact that he has a daughter called espen because that's espn (laughs) 
that was pretty good. So her character trait is that she can see her dead mum all the time. And it's just kind of, it's kind of sad. And it's really tragic and sad. She's okay, but you don't really learn much else about her. But she just starts warming up to Drew Barrymore's character, Lauren. And then you've got the youngest daughter who's just quite like sweet. And then her running joke is just that she always does this deep demon voice. And she's sort of got the dad wrapped around her finger. I found that all quite funny. And she'd probably rank higher up in the kids for me because... I think her and Adam Sandler had quite good chemistry and like quite early on there's like a nice bit where he like puts them to sleep. Basically I, I liked Adam Sandler in dad mode in this and I think mm, it, was, it was much nicer dad mode than what we've seen him do before. I think he had like a quite good chemistry with the young daughter and it, there was quite a few scenes where he's he just seems like a sweet guy. Obviously there's the odd time where usual Sandman anger comes out but for the most part with the daughters it was quite nice. And then his youngest, his oldest daughter is called Larry which was Hillary, right? Hillary, yeah. The whole thing with her is basically that he wants a son, a sports star son. Obviously, we love Adam Sandler being good at sports in his films and him pushing that onto a kid was, I think, yeah. quite a funny, quite it like was, a knowing sort of nod. It got a bit annoying, though, at certain bits. His, yeah. like, thing about it, but whatever, that's just his I think they, I yeah, they were very, like, basic premises with all of the kids and they did sort of push them to their extremes. To a point where you were a bit like, this is this is really unrealistic. But also you're watching a comedy film, so I guess you kind of expect yeah. that to some extent. Heightened reality. So there's two sons. There's the older one whose whole story is that he's a pervert, much like some of the kids in like Grown Ups. Great kid. Um, he's a lot of fun what to a, be around. What a lovely boy. He's just got these huge glasses and this curly hair and this angry face. Yeah, his whole thing is just that he loves to wank and keeps on sticking the wrong missy's face on like naked bodies yeah and he's also doesn't he fancy his mum yeah he keeps saying his mum's hot and then at the end he says Adam Sandler's hot (laughs) (laughs) he's actually Uh, quite a progressive guy by the end of it (laughs) and then the last boy he wants to be better at baseball baseball yeah so if I'm gonna rank him right easy Espen's number one yeah because she's a tragic backstory She's a really good actor. Micro expressions in this film were actually good. It really got me a few times because basically the whole film, she can see her mum and she sets her place at the table. Drew Barrymore like brings food for the mum mm-hmm. and that made me well up. Yeah, really it's quite nice. nice. Um, there's a bit at the end when the dead mum says that she's going to leave. Espen's like crying and she's like, I miss her. Adam Sandler's like, I do too. And he's like, no, I miss Drew Barrymore. Lauren, I miss Lauren. Yeah, that's quite that nice. Really, yeah, Espen's the best one. Then probably uh, the the Larry, maybe. Yeah. And then the boy with the baseball. He actually maybe the boy with the baseball because him and Adam Sandler have some really good bits, particularly at the end mm. when he he's there to cheer him on. Then uh, the little girl didn't care for her. And then right at the fucking bottom, everything else. And then that horrible boy. Because it was too close for home for you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, good one. Now, this boy, he's a fucking horrible little bastard. He's really aggressive gross. as well. He's aggressive. He's gross. There's a bit when Adam Sandler starts punching him with yeah. boxing on. <laughs> That's like his character development moment. Anyway, I hated that kid. He gave me really bad vibes. He keeps talking about how sexy as mum is i didn't like him at all every time he was on screen i felt sick really hated him he's quite a there's nothing redeeming about him i feel like some of the jokes are quite funny but they don't do enough to maybe make you like him in any sense i really don't like him i find him scary and creepy and i don't like the joke with him having a centerfold with his babysitter's face cut out i don't like it yeah it's very weird i think even away from the wanking stuff there's like a bit where jim that's Adam Sandler's name, right, Jim? Yeah. 
he turns up at Lauren's house quite early on, and still in the intro, sort of <clears> first first act. The aggressive masturbator kid just like he flips out. He gets so angry at Adam Sandler. He's like baring his teeth like one of the lions that we later see in Africa. He's like really (laughs) protective of his mum, which I kind of get. I think that probably is true with like, I don't know, like kids that have gone through divorces. Just maybe felt a bit too cartoony, I guess, but kind of falls victim a little bit to the grown-ups problem of there just being too many characters, maybe. A lot of them don't really get fleshed out. I'd say this has less characters so handles it a bit better yeah, for me yeah, honestly definitely. the only one I really have a problem with is the oldest boy mm-hmm. everyone else I kind of liked I was invested in Adam Sandler and Drew Barrymore's characters mm-hmm. I guess yeah it's the same thing we've said about some of the others that there is a bit more heart with it I guess there are also a lot of gross out moments but there's heart who are Drew Barrymore and Adam Sandler in this film what do they do the main thing that you want really is just to know that they're both just single parents I guess that's the main thing isn't it and he works in a sporting goods store loves hooters I I think this is a bit of like Sonny Koufax grown up maybe yeah but they kind of do the hooters thing as like um and it's quite sweet (laughs) yeah because basically the start of the film they're at a date at hooters and he drinks her beer when she's in the in the bathroom and then yeah. all the Hooters waitresses come and give him uh, extra food in the shape of a love heart. They set you up to think he's like this seedy guy. Please, yeah. Then you find out that his wife died of cancer and she managed that Hooters. So mm-hmm. he goes there, he gets free drinks and, and yeah, he's, he's kind of depressed about his wife dying. Honestly, all his acting when he's talking about his dead wife is really good, actually. Yeah, I think this is quite a, a nice balance of his drama side and comedy, I guess, for the most part. Do you know what his character reminded me of? Uh, who? I'm glad to hear that you like it because when they were sort of establishing him, I was like, this is the character that you pitched for your Sandler pitch. I was like, this is quite similar to Tim. I was like, this is Tim Tim Marmalade. We found him. Down on his look, Tim Marmalade. Yeah. I think in this, he works in like a sports goods store. I was like, that's not far from working in in Wendy's or whatever it was that you had. But yeah, he's like half, not as much of a like layabout, I guess. Yeah, but he's a a single dad, isn't he? He's like, Tim Marmalade didn't have kids. He was a lone wolf with a wife. Lone wolf with a wife. Sandra (laughs) Bullock. I guess that's the sort of thing you think is that they say up early that they're both just half, aren't they? They're doing half of a a role and they need a nuclear family. It reminded me of the setup of uh, the film Sleepless in Seattle. It's like a grieving widower. And it's actually quite sad, like his scenes when he's talking about his, his dead wife, kind of emulated here. I wasn't a huge fan of the kind of how antagonistic this world is everyone's kind of aggressive needlessly like uh, they're at the baseball game at the start and then this guy's just keeps saying stuff obviously this is this woman's kid yeah and he just keeps saying horrible things about this boy play trying to play He's baseball not as good at baseball yeah they're just kids as well and they're like and yeah they're like yelling at him after the date he goes to her house because they mixed up the cards and him and drew barrymore's friend are just constantly like so horrible yeah they have that little argument and there were a couple of funny lines i think i wrote one down drew barrymore's colleague slash friend says that adam sandler has a high phlegmy voice like he drinks a lot of dairy that that really (laughs) got me (laughs) and called him a chubby loser (laughs) yeah and then suggested that he had special needs and that's why he was in a management position at that shop but yeah Yeah. that wasn't as funny when they go to africa it's a bit like in breaking bad where there's suddenly like this different filter 
on it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I put that on it. And the fucking outfits they're all wearing when they go to Africa, particularly Adam Sandler. But I think that's kind of a joke. It's because he works in the sporting goods shop, isn't it? I, I do feel like Adam Sandler would also wear it, though. Yeah, I know. In normal, normal times. So they go to Africa. That's really bad that they just keep calling it Africa. It's funny because pe- people from the US do usually do it, though. I think they say it about Europe as well. It's quite a tangent here, but I was playing like the new Spider-Man game, the Mars Morales one. Uh, Peter Parker like calls Miles and he's like, oh yeah, we just landed in Europe. And it's like, that could mean anything. Like, Greece or Scotland yeah. they're, they're not the same thing <laughs> I think it's the attitude of America where it's kind of everything's centralised to themselves I didn't like that aspect the American aspect of it not giving a fuck about other people's cultures at all just be like oh it's Africa mm. it's foreign it did feel like a backdrop rather than something to actually like there wasn't really a story purpose of it was there there's a few different side characters that keep making appearances in this there's one which is the guy who was the lawyer and anger management uh, Kevin Nealon and his yeah. wife they were quite good actually yeah they're they quite funny quite good side characters <laughs> I always find Kevin Nealon quite funny when he pops up in these I think he's a bit like a he's like a Jonathan Lofren like you know they're gonna do sort of of the same kind of thing every time they turn up but they always do it well I guess yeah I liked Kevin Nealon in this when he was saying I haven't shouted days <laughs> his, his fiance start kissing weirdly even though they were kind of outrageous characters i think the point of them was he was an older guy with a son and then she was a his second wife that did have a quite sweet payoff the son laughed at her joke and she was like really happy this film is emotionally manipulative as fuck <laughs> because i was hating it until like about an hour in yeah and then i started loving it and i don't know when that change happened i'm trying to work it out over my Hmm. note even though they are all quite simple characters like there's not anything too reductive or horrible about any of them other than the one that you ended up still disliking at the end the change for me is the scene when she starts singing so at the start of the film they established that adam sandler's wife she died and she used to watch the wizard of oz and sing Hmm. all the songs from wizard of oh god i'm gonna go fucking (laughs) talking about this scene mate like about an hour and a bit in drew barrymore's tucking the youngest into bed and then she's like sing me a song and she starts singing somewhere over the rainbow impromptu mm-hmm. she doesn't know about that yeah history and all the daughters like look at each other and then adam sandler's outside peeing all, on the tent you're fucking up <laughs> i'm actually gonna go and it ended with him just going ah gorilla yeah <laughs> when the still... kids have all just got to sleep and he like screams yeah. outside. Yeah, it was getting a bit emotional and it was getting emotional yeah Adam. that bit is is pretty nice that's that's what i mean like about the youngest daughter being quite sweet because yeah, she kind right. of plays those sort of moments nicely there's another bit where her and her dad adam zander have gone to get like makeup on their faces and he's just got like mascara on or something and the little girl looks like a a bit like a skeleton yeah she sees her reflection in the toilet uh, when she goes to the bathroom with drew barrymore i think she like screams at her face and says she looks ugly or whatever and there's quite a nice little bit there as well where <laughs> drew barrymore does her makeup there is her. and again there's a very quick drastic shift in tone straight after because this is kind of like a child swap in this scenario she's taken adam sandler's daughter to the bathroom and then adam sandler's left with her youngest son so she gets back from this quite sweet moment in the bathroom she sees a huge (laughs) crowd doesn't she (laughs) (laughs) sandler and this boy are both riding fucking ostriches around i was a gasp at this scene their legs don't look like they should support their own body let alone another Uh, person's right i had to uh google it apparently riding ostriches is one of the most insanely cruel (laughs) that a person can do yeah i think i said to you this i think in prince of persia there's like an ostrich race sequence It, it does happen in south africa 
uh, as okay. well, South African ostrich, right? And yeah, Prince of Persia, that's set like 2,000 years yeah, ago. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so anything, anything can go then, mm-hmm. especially Jake Gyllenhaal being Persian. Yeah. <laughs> See, I want to be a bit careful around this because I was looking at it and I was like, this doesn't look right. I was thinking, are they CGI ostriches or Mate, are they going to be... don't say that. Crash, you'll be, be after us. <laughs> Don't say it. Don't you dare say it. <laughs> this is probably practical, uh, practical ostrich. They're real don't, ostriches, don't, actually. They're Frank Cratchy's own ostriches. Frank Cratchy trained those ostriches. He was there for from morning to night training those ostriches. That was real <laughs> photography. Don't you fucking dare. Yeah, apparently, I think it's the same in kind of uh, Southeast Asian tourism, like elephant rides and things. This is generally going to like the lion, um, the tiger, the tiger kingdom and stuff. Yeah, yeah. This is considered horrible now because they drug these animals they treat them so badly an ostrich particular can't carry that weight and this Mm. is again my issue with fucking americans man but maybe (laughs) this film maybe the positive is that this film changed the tide maybe it focused the light on the cruelty of ostrich racing (laughs) saw that kid doing like a triple somersault in the air and landed on his feet like spider-man they went oh this is absurd this practice (laughs) needs to be stopped that's harsh The resort they're at is a blended resort where they blend families together. And they say the yeah. word blend, blending and blended so many times. So many usually times. in songs. Songs by oh, Terry fa- Crews. I say now, it's from Terry Crews, the best part of the film. Really? He's fantastic. He does, I, I think he's another one like Kevin Nealon that always elevates the films, to be fair. Thinking yeah. about his bit in Clicks, funny. His bit in Longest Yards, funny. Yeah, he's. Yeah. I do like he's Terry Crews. I am so a little he's... bit sick of seeing his pecs move up and down, though. No, I can't get enough of it. Maybe Maybe I'm just insecure about the way it makes me feel. <laughs> he comes out, he's wearing a uh, Katenge material. He's wearing these outlandish little outfits. I think he should have been nominated for Best Supporting Actor, to be honest. It's fucking fantastic. Yeah. <laughs> At the end of the film, he's taking a fucking hot air balloon with him and all his pals all the way from Africa to fucking the US to watch a baseball game. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and this he falls film, out. This film's like a fucking dream. Do you remember the bit when all those monkeys are playing instruments? Yeah, I liked that bit. <laughs> <laughs> what was that? What is it they're playing? Uh, Careless Whisper. It was that real, do you reckon? Yeah, Who real. <laughs> that was a real monkey. Point. There's a pig, and they say, look, this is a blended family. The lion has adopted the pig. And the mm-hmm. fucking pig gets eaten. I'm like, why did he think this was. <laughs> that was an adopted pig I cheered at that point but more on that later little tease <laughs> I think that's the only thing you really get from the setting of Africa is that there's just like a lot of animals in bad situations which is something we've seen a bit before this is definitely the most as soon as I saw Adam Sandler riding a fucking ostrich which he thinks later on Drew Barrymore's taking revenge on him for doing that by giving his daughter a makeover a haircut where her hair's longer yeah. after <laughs> Yeah, he gives her a haircut where her hair's longer after and there's the stupid slow motion bit when all this yeah. music's playing and everyone's They hair. do it twice, don't they? They do it twice. The second time, I think, is better. Yeah, I think that's um, quite a fun joke, to be fair. It's like the music cue bit in Bedtime Stories. We said there was like, it was one of the few bits in that film that I can still remember. The when classic he's, Bedtime story. He thinks he's going to burn and he keeps hearing songs that have like fire in them. I, I kind of like a musical joke yeah. like that. This person's had a makeover and everyone, it gets all of their reactions and each one has like, a different song playing in their head one was like was it let's get it on i can't remember i should have made a note of it yeah it was um i know the bad wrote, one was end wrote, of the world wasn't it By oh wow R-E-M. slow motion walk of a teenage girl whilst make love to you plays this is oh, fucking yeah, gross <laughs> 
Boys to Men, was classic. Fucking gross. She's like 14 in this. Yeah. But and the person looking family. at her was also a kid, right? It was like the other young boy. Yeah, I don't know how old that actor is, but I didn't like it anyway. And then End of the World as we know it's playing because Adam Sandler, like in Click, another one of Cratchy's classics, he's very insecure about his daughter growing up and yeah. he says why did you tart up my daughter this is where i started losing faith in the film, tart, tart up's a funny phrase isn't it to hear in like an american yeah thing. i thought that you was just British i always phrase. just think of like eastenders and be like um i'm gonna get tarted up and go out on the tan <laughs> that sort yeah. of thing this is shortly before i started loving the film anyway so i was being quite negative in my my reviewing right. at this point then there's the stupid bit with the uh, parasailing. Yeah, with the rhino and whatever. Yeah, all of that stuff just feels, it just feels too much for me personally, because all the bits we're saying we liked are all like the emotional beats and then some of the like funnier, but more sort of character level jokes. I don't think the set pieces, I mean, do you know what it felt like is that they're all moments that are there just to be in the trailer? Yeah. The other thing with the joke actually that we were saying before about the musical cues is I don't think we said that they do the same joke again, but it's Drew Barrymore that's had the... uh, makeover and all of their reactions and obviously like adam sandler this time instead of thinking it's the end of the world he he has the sex song yeah it cuts to her aggressive son here in end of the world as we know it so it's quite yeah i like the payoff yeah he's quite a cartoony character obviously but it's quite funny that he's protective of his mom in the same way someone else is of their daughter i guess the contrast is a little bit funny yeah (laughs) <laughs> I guess. Uh, the, yeah i don't know <laughs> like a wedding singer this had a really good last 20 minutes or so yeah the not, not nice. to that level but it, this definitely changed my opinion they have this romantic evening with the monkeys playing careless whisper <laughs> and they're about to kiss and then he goes oh, i can't and then when he gets back to the u.s he says what i'm gonna change our whole lives because i'm in love with her and i very audibly went oh <gasps> He realises he's in love with her. <laughs> yeah, I wrote that down. Like, oh my goodness. In very big letters, when Joel McHale was there, I wrote, no. So he goes to her house to try and win her back. It is the exact same scene as the wedding singer when Drew Barrymore realises that she loves yeah. Robbie Hart. Um, yeah, I like the callback to that. And Linda was at the door. Joel McHale in this film plays Joel McHale in everything, right? He's good. I think he fits this. Yeah, this he does. Character. He always works that sort of thing. It's the same as how he is in Community, same as how he is in, is it Ted or Ted 2? I can't remember. Adam Sandler's arrived with some flowers and he takes them off and he's like, I'll put these in the bedroom next to where we make love. Yeah, <laughs> that, yeah. that was my biggest laugh of the film. Yeah, what, the he... bit when he's like flexing on the table. Yeah, <laughs> and she says, funny. is there a GQ shoot going on in here or something? Yeah. That's he's quite a... good. Um, I, I actually really like him in this. I think he's maybe one of the best parts for for me. Yeah. I think I love a bastard. I like um, <laughs> Shooter McGavin, uh, which we'll get into in the future. Mm-hmm. I love Glenn Goulia. I loved him. One of my uh, favorites and- is uh, Bradley Whitford in Biddy Madison. That's a great yeah, maniac villain. Good. I really wish, though, that he'd been in it more because he's yeah, a good Yeah, what if maniac. he turned up at the resort or something like that? Now, that would have been, been brilliant. With his <laughs> with his girlfriend. Yeah, he, sh- he should have been in it the whole time. He tells Adam Sandler that they're back together, even though they're not, which is chaotic, isn't it? <laughs> Chaos. Yeah. What we didn't mention about Joel McHale, as, long, as well as being a big bastard to Adam Sandler, he's also a horrible dad. Like, he gets a phone call. He goes, when his son asks him to play baseball with him, and he goes, oh, saved by the bell. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> What a horrible man. And he's, there's like a quick joke at the start as well where he's like, oh, kids, I'll always be here for you. And then they're like, oh, that's nice, dad. Thank you. Can you help us with our homework? And they're upstairs. And then he just says, oh, no, sorry. <laughs> and then just like leaves. <laughs> he's one of the best actors at being a bastard. 
Yeah. Even so in Community, horrible. he always gets like a redemption at the end of like every episode. And then the next one, he's back to being like he's a, a, bastard, a really yeah. horrible guy again. So that last scene is brilliant. I had fucking goosebumps all up my arm. The baseball scene, it's similar to what happened earlier. I don't get fucking baseball. The ball goes to the guy holding the glove twice. He nearly and... gets um, like taken out, basically. Taken out, yeah. It's free, it's isn't it? Out. We should become sports commentators. Sports commentators. So that could yeah. be our next podcast. We try and understand American sports. And then Sandler appears to kind of cheer him on and tell him, arch your legs. And Yeah. Talking, though, as a kid who was really shit at sports and did have a dad who'd tell me how to do it, but was just naturally shit. What if the kid had just been bad? Yeah, that might have been the case. <laughs> With me, I'm just cl- clumsy and shit at things. Maybe he did have the raw talent, though. Maybe. But Never oh, I guess we saw it earlier. When he rode, rode the ostrich. But he gets, not the hat trick. <laughs> Home run. Uh, home run, yeah. An old homer. Lovely, yeah. that bit. Didn't mention that to train him how to do it, how to play baseball, he does it oh, yeah. via a cricket set, which is a bit of, I thought that was a bit of a grandpa's balls. I made a note. It was, <laughs> it's a bit grandpa's balls. There's like a cricket player and he's like, what the fuck is this equipment? What do you call this? And he's like, it's, it's a bat. A bat? Oh, oh God. Oh. The classic American trying to understand stupid British sports. In that last scene, did you catch the Jonathan Loughran or Lowran or Lochran cameo. Was when they're him? playing baseball, there's a bit when one of the guys, I don't know if he's like a referee or something, he has like a crossed eye, doesn't he? But it must be Lofren. He's in one shot. Right. So, spoilers, I had Jonathan Lofren on my Sander scale and I haven't ticked it. Have I did not? think it when I saw that guy, but I was watching it on a smaller TV this time and I put cross-eyed Lofren. I haven't really looked to see if no. it was him. It says Alan Covert reprised his role as 10 Second Tom. When he was did that? In the, when they go to the drugstore at the start. What? You didn't see that? When the fuck was that? Are you serious? You missed... I didn't speak I because that. I thought it might have been on your Sandler scale or something. Mate. Oh yeah, it was Jonathan Loughran, umpire. I cannot believe that you missed that. I, I've written this down. Um, Alan Covert as 10 Second Tom. Random on, but good to see still alive. How did he escape from Hawaii? <laughs> I'm going to get it up on my laptop. I just need to I can't believe you missed thing. that. He speaks. The scene is when they're in the drugstore. Drew Barrymore gives um, Adam Zander some advice on tampons. He gives her advice on which naked magazine to buy for her son. And okay. 10 Second Tom's there and he goes up and he pays for something and he just says, hi, I'm Tom, like three times in a row. They're like, oh, what was that guy's problem? And then he leaves and then they get served and then Tom comes back up. the and director's buys- cut? I was watching it on Netflix. I'm watching it on Netflix. I'm watching that scene right now. He's not here. I watched right. it last night, unless it's right. been cut overnight. What's I... going on? This is insane. How did you not notice this? Oh my God, he's here. Hang on. <laughs> Hang on, I'm going to watch it. God's sake, right. You'll definitely have to cut this bit because this is fucking stupid. No, I'm keeping it in to show how unattentive you are in this film. How did I miss that? Oh my God, yeah, I've just watched it. That was good. Um, it's a good cameo, isn't it? How did he... What, what medicine was he buying? I don't know, but how did he get out of Hawaii? Yeah, how did he get he's out of Hawaii? And why is he on his own? He's, he's 10 seconds, Tom. He shouldn't be doing that independently. The flight or the train journey or whatever he took. I mean, Hawaii's an island, so it'd have to be a flight or a boat ride. It must have been so confusing for him. Well, that's embarrassing that I didn't even catch that. And did you catch the Alexis Arquette cameo? I was a bit let down by that because I thought that they would at least be doing like the announcement or sing a song or something. It was quite a quick yeah. moment. I thought they'd do a... 
do you want to hurt me? It's like a little sting, but yeah, like a halftime show. I see. Yeah. I knew that Alexis Arquette um, appeared in this and that she was credited as George again or whatever. I was quite hopeful that there would be like a musical moment, and there were quite a few musical mu- moments throughout the film. So I thought that when he was doing like the romantic band bit and there was all the monkeys playing mm. instruments, I thought there'd be a chance that George would appear and sing. Mm. But no, sadly not. It was a very quick moment, wasn't it? That was very quick. I'd have liked more of that, I think. One of the jokes that I quite liked in it was there's one where this running joke about her carrying one of the sons up to bed and she's always like whacking his head off of everything. Whacking his head, yeah. That made me laugh quite a few times. Even though they <laughs> just did the same thing. She drops him and Adam Sandler says that it's the three second rule. So just like pick him up quick, three second rule. So here's something quite nice. Adam Sandler brings daisies to Drew Barrymore's character. That's her the actress's favourite flower. And they're in the character's wedding bouquet in The Wedding Singer in the first film they co-starred. Fucking hell, that's lovely. That is lovely. Kevin Nealon said this was his favourite of all his movies he's ever done. That's nice. ESPN, that name came from a person who's, uh, he went to a barbecue restaurant in Florida and the owner had pictures of his kid up and the owner had a child called ESPN. (laughs) And then he thought, can I use that? name in my next film and he went yeah that's good i noticed it straight away though because i was watching the film with subtitles on and it made me laugh as soon as i saw it i laughed as soon as they said it yeah i was like i know what's coming with it yeah yeah you know it i think we've mostly said everything did you notice that adam sandler's singing a song over the credits again no i went to the toilet during the credits netflix does this thing where it starts the credits and then like unless there's an after credit scene it starts showing you trailers for other things you can watch yeah. so it kind of cut away quick it went on but, wrong missy for me well that's a song with adam sandler singing and i think his daughter singing as well well that's helped me out on my sandler scale did you see all of the sandler fam- family cameos yep adam sandler's wife is a person at the blended resort who's getting suffocated by a new kid or something yeah. which is pretty horrible <laughs> and their daughter I noticed as the commentator at the sports game. Mm-hmm. That's the older, older daughter that's in um, Hubie Halloween. She's one of the bigger sort of roles, isn't she, in that one? I think the younger one, I noticed there was a bit where it was like family photos on the wall. And one of them was Adam Sandler's daughters. And I was like, oh my God, are they going to be like the main characters in this one as well? Because he does it quite often. And I think it was just their way of showing like one of maybe Larry when she was younger. It was like a picture of Adam Sandler's youngest daughter. That's quite nice. Quite a nice, a nice little Easter egg, I guess. Yeah, I always like that in these films when they kind of do something a bit personal. You definitely benefit from watching all the other ones because they are such throwaway things. But like, it's got to the point where it's like the comedy <laughs> crap version of like a Stan Lee cameo that we see him. Yeah, and we're, we're like, like yes. yay, Lofren, yay. This Jackie was quite Sadler. like a, this was quite like a greatest hits one, wasn't it? Having Ten Second yeah. Tom and George, and yeah. I think Tim Hurley, he's in it as the dad of someone they play basketball against. Yeah. There's quite a few of them, but they're all quite quite good ones. Should we go on to our Sandler scale then? Yeah, let's do Sandler scale. I didn't do too badly, I guess. I think I got a line. I didn't actually note the time, but I think it was around the hour mark. My line was good at sports, which I've mm-hmm. got when he's playing basketball. He works at a sporting goods store and I was going to cross it then, but I didn't know for sure until then. Uh, violent kids, I crossed immediately. I think in the first 10 seconds when the kid has got a shirt on fire waving it around like a flag and then a 70s or 80s song plays it might have happened earlier but i got it at the the thing we mentioned earlier end of the world 
end of the world as we know it. The other ones I got were surprise cameo. I crossed that for Shaq and for Terry Crews. Very surprised by both of them. I also crossed off Sadler Sings just now. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> over the credits, apparently. And product placement, I did that for Hooters. Didn't get everybody loves him because quite a lot of people don't love him. Which is a shame because he's he's one of his more likable characters in this. Yeah. He's all right, isn't he? He has his moments when he's likable. I would have ticked it at the Hooters bit, though. Ah. They even give him a love heart. Oh, I love the payoff to that. Uh, reference to Colonel Sanders I didn't get annoyingly and I didn't get Blake Clark again no. I'm ob- I'm very unobservant I thought Blake Clark was the umpire when they were playing the first baseball match and I was looking really closely but I was also quite distracted by the fact that the guy that Drew Barrymore and her friend were arguing with looked like sort of like an alternate universe version of Steve Buscemi the guy who what, was the next guy to him was- the guy that's next to him, yeah, and he yeah. looked. Can, I recognise that, that Steve guy. Steve or not? Was he in Game Night? The guy who was making those comments really should be doing the research before these instead of during. Ah, I found him. Baseball oh, yeah. fan, Bill Romanowski. Who the fuck is that? <laughs> oh, he's in all of the um, Sandler films as well. Is he? Who is he's he? He's a prison guard from Longest Yard. Biker in Bedtime Stories. He's yeah. in Bench Warmers. Bench Warmers, Bedtime Stories, terrible. And then who is this horrible friend? Steve Buscemi's brother, Ben Buscemi. Oh my God, it is. It's Michael Buscemi. Fuck off. <laughs> no wonder he looked like him. It's his bloody brother. Oh, well. Oh my God, face painting girl played by Abigail Covert. <laughs> oh my God, the whole oh family. Oh my goodness, in. everyone's in it. Enough of this. I had a good day on the Santa scale. It was a bit slow to get going, but eventually pretty good. So my line was fast food, injured animal and montage. Fast food, Hooters cheese sticks. Injured Animal was, uh, that was when I got the bingo, actually. That was the bush pig that got eaten by the lions. So I cheered at that point. The montage was the animals of Africa waking up. Uh, That included some rhinos having sex. I also got a sound the scream when he's scared of some fake crocodiles and he shouts, why make them so realistic? I had outdated reference, which was um, Kanye come change the baby because I don't think Northwest has been a baby for a good like six years or so now. I thought dated reference from the time the film was made, not dated. Yeah, something that's like aged badly. That's one of the main talking points we have on this podcast. All right, fine. I'll give you that. Yeah. What else did I get? Uh, big shorts, obviously. Um, <laughs> he wears a lot of them. Don't really need to talk about that one too much. Jonathan Loughran, as we just said at the end, the umpire. I missed hitting testicles. No, he did. The kid punched him. Yeah, when he, they're doing the boxing, he punches him in the balls, doesn't he? Uh, yeah, so maybe that happened. I don't, I don't know. know. Um, maybe. It Probably. feels like it should happen in this. This needs a, a testicle hit. <laughs> <laughs> I also didn't get Coca-Cola. I did see people drinking like glasses, but it could be Pepsi. It could be... It's an all-inclusive hotel, so there's a good chance it's like supermarket <laughs> home brand. Make it cheaper. But yeah, quite heavy for me. Good stuff. Salute. So are you going to let Blended have a all-inclusive stay in the Sandler Castle? Or is it going to get divorced and unblended and end up all alone in the Sandler pit? Here's the thing, Luke. I want to divorce the two halves of this film. I want to take the first half and I'll throw that in the pit. And I want to throw the last half and I'll throw that in the castle. Unfortunately, this is a blended film. I've got to blend mm. them together. I've got to make my decision from that. And you know what? By gum, <laughs> if that last half an hour didn't charm the hell out of me, I'm putting it in the castle. <laughs> didn't expect that at all. But yeah, um, I think that Drew Barrymore and Adam Sandler have a lot of chemistry. We've seen it in numerous films before. I think that they do quite well in this. I did laugh a, a couple of jokes. It's not 
it's probably the worst film I've ever said should belong in the castle. But that last half an hour, I've, I kind of got flashbacks to how good Wedding Singer and Fifty First Dates were. Maybe it just edges into the castle for me. Yeah, I, I would agree, I think. I think just about like gets into the castle because there wasn't anything I was like overly offended or annoyed at. I think the worst part of it is the whole um, seeing Africa as a country rather than a continent. The portrayal of Africans in this film is pretty bad as well because everyone who's African in this film is either fucking doing their job really badly and letting people getting injured or nearly dead, mm. like especially in that parasailing bit, or they're just dancing and singing constantly. Yeah, there's a lot of like singing. <laughs> very racist in it that. It kind regard. of made me think that like it felt like people that had watched The Lion King and just thought every African person just sings songs about like the sun. I drove through uh, Makumi National Park in Tanzania. I was looking around and I saw fuck all. <laughs> I saw a giraffe way in the distance. I wanted to see like a lion. I think the reality of a lot of safaris is a bit more disappointing than this. This sort of seemed like they were staying at a zoo, didn't it? Yeah, it's like an elephant right there. But yeah, all of that stuff aside, I think my biggest problem was definitely the backdrop and the setting. It's something we've spoken about quite a lot. It's that whole thing of every time that they hit a good emotional note, they then need to have like a wanking joke or someone, you know, parachuting with a rhino's horn. All of that stuff, like... I just didn't really feel like I needed the set pieces and the big stunt moments and the shock bits because I I liked the characters enough that I was just sort of already engaged in their stories and the sort of the blending of the families, I guess. And even the side characters and stuff, all of that was quite funny and endearing up to the point where that was enough for me. It did start yeah. to feel a bit overstuffed in a few sections. And yeah, as I say, I like I like the stuff back in America when they were at home. Just that sort of struggle was was interesting enough. Yeah, I think it hits the emotional notes pretty well, even if you can sort of see the cogs working right from the get-go, really. It might be a bit manipulative, but I'm willing to ignore that and say that it, it works for me. It was a fun watch. Yeah, I would say it goes in the castle. Fuck it. Why not? I'd, I want to also clarify, this isn't a good film. <laughs> but, like, in our castle and pit, I'd say probably castle yeah i think we're going to look at all of the films that came out around it in that sort of early 2010s sort of slump that adam sandler was in pre-netflix and i think it's going to come out a lot better compared to some of the other ones yeah i'd love to throw that horrible boy in the pit yeah but he'd probably find some porn down there and just start like wanking in violently the pit. <laughs> masturbated in our pit be like, no, don't do that. Eight Crazy Nights is in there. Why is Eight Crazy Nights in our fucking pit? Don't let Whitey see. This is worse than Eight Crazy Nights. But Eight Crazy Nights is in the pit. <laughs> What's I think going let's, on? Let's say it now. At the end of the Sandler pit, we're going to do a big revaluation. <laughs> the re-ranking. Because I think a few things I've definitely changed my mind on after I've had a bit of time. Nothing but love for Eight Crazy Nights now. In the pit, we've got Oscar-nominated movie, Click. <laughs> <laughs> oh, fucking oh. hell. I'm sorry, Frank. Yeah, sorry, Frank. So we've decided that Blended is well and truly in the castle, just about. Do you know what? I'm really glad that we liked this film because this is our Valentine's Day special and I'm glad that we're feeling the love. (laughs) For that reason, instead of having a Sandler game this week, we're instead having an award ceremony (laughs) that we've called the Golden Sandmans. We're recording this at the start of January, but from the looks of things, we're not having an Oscars this year. I think we are, but I think it's just pushed back. I think they've said that they're going to do it like a month and a half later and that it's going to allow streaming stuff to enter. 
which means that Hubie Halloween is <laughs> in contention for best performance. I had a moment then where I was like, wait, what? And then I was like, wait, you're just doing a fucking Hubie. No, no, no. I'm not actually joking, though. They have really? said that. Yeah, yeah. Well, I'm definitely nominating Hubie Halloween for uh, best picture. We've Mate. decided to have an award ceremony. We've made three categories each, just very stupid awards, looking back at our, our time in the pit. I'll tell you what my category is. You can right. try and guess what I would give it to. How about that? Oh, okay. And then we'll do the same with yours, yeah? Shall I go first? Yeah, go on. Right, this category is the single shot that I wish I could erase from my memory award. <laughs> There's a lot of contenders for this. A lot of contenders. One sort of image. That's what I'm thinking, like an image. The image for me that I wish I could erase would be Adam Sandler having sex with a woman in Funny People. In Funny People. I oh, don't like that. One. It really threw me. I don't like seeing him actually doing anything. I'd erase that, mm. probably. Yeah, Adam Sandler having non-romantic sex <laughs> is quite a strong contender. I think that would be the dark horse, though, in the run-up to this award. Because for me, it was Alan Covert soaping his big <laughs> ass in Mr. Deeds. Yes. <laughs> All right. I'll give you that. That's way yeah. worse. I think he, I think we said he put on weight for that role and it's just not a pleasant scene. He's got like a bruised face. There, I think there's two close-ups of this bum. It might not even be his. It might be like a stump, stump bum. I thought about it way too much to an uncomfortable extent. It's a very good one. Mine's not as elaborate as yours. Mine are kind of basic and a bit shit. Which one do you think is would win the award for best maniac villain in an Adam Sandler production? Um, there's a lot of really good ones that we've had. Yeah, we have had some good ones. I love Morty in Click. The way that it pulls the rug out from under you and you're just like, what the fuck? He was the devil. The angel of death. The angel of death is... For me, that's a very good one. But I would probably maybe... One that's stuck in my mind a lot is the craziness of Al Pacino fancying Jill and going to like the hellish hellish level that he does of becoming like a stalker and... (laughs) taking her away to his castle he is he is a villain he's got a castle he's a monster he's a monster in that i'd say maybe that's mine my favorite is john c mckinley as sergeant doug sisk in the animal (laughs) oh yeah that is a good one i like him i like his really tight tops Mm -hmm. and his horribleness he's just a he's a madman he wants to fucking murder the animal at the end and doesn't he get killed by the beast? Yeah, he falls down like nice. a... I think he falls down a pit or something. Uh, he jumps over the pit and she like jumps on him and like eats him, doesn't she? Kills him. Yeah, yeah, maybe. No one gives a fuck. That is a very good one, actually. He's what horrible in that film. My second award, this is more of a simple one. Best vocal performance. What do you think for best vocal performance? Ah, let me have a think. Am I going as a joke answer or am I saying it's what I It's up to I you, actually... honestly. It's up to you. Because the best one is obviously the one in The Wedding Singer grow old with you it's wonderful it's maybe the most romantic song ever written and it's it's performed pretty well and it's in a very good scene as well my nomination for this is the vocal acrobatics i would call it vocal acrobatics portrayed by adam sandler in technical foul in eight crazy nights in which he sings from the perspective of three separate characters and why did i forget that every single bit is convincing the song is is very funny it has at least one more boner joke than grow old with you. So <laughs> that's a technical foul. <laughs> yeah, so it's technical just so foul. good. Definitely. That's a brilliant song. I think yours is a very good runner up though. Grow old with you is like objectively better, but technical foul just does it for me. Okay, so this is something that I've been obsessed with in all these films. Best Sandler hair. 
That is a great one. The most different that stands out is obviously his hair in The Wedding Singer, which is very funny, very of the time. He's got sort of like a big mullet, maybe, I guess you'd call it. But yeah. one that I love that you didn't even notice, so it's definitely not winning this, is from our favourite film of all time, Hubie Halloween, in which he has orange highlights. <laughs> he's a very serious guy in that film who gets scared at everything. And for some reason, he's taken the time to dye the tips of his hair orange. <laughs> and I just yeah. love it. No, mate, that's the winner. <laughs> oh, <laughs> is it? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I that. Hoobie's hair. Because he's, it's not only the hair, it's also the uh, the facial hair as well. Ah, the little, yeah. The little Hoobie Halloween moustache. Brilliant moustache. I, I can already see it. Uh, Halloween 2021, if we finally get like uh, everyone's vaccinated, all those little kids are going to be running around in their little Hoobie outfit with a little, <laughs> a little monitor sash. sash. Monitor <laughs> sash. It's going to be flying off the shelves, mate. It's such a good little yeah. outfit. His character design in that film, it sounds like a silly thing to say, but like compared to all the other characters, that's the one where I think if that film came out in like the 90s, that would be a bit more iconic. Yeah. Nowadays, it probably doesn't, it won't affect people as much, but it is a funny outfit. If that had come out like post The Waterboy or The Wedding Singer, I feel like people would look on that quite fondly. It's not brilliant, but it's it's pretty it's fun. It's fun, isn't it? Good. Yeah, I like that one. So this one is the best item that I wish I could have award. For me... <laughs> it's weird where my mind originally went because I wanted Horn Dog the Duck <laughs> from Click. You could still have that. No, no, but I'm just thinking if I had it in my real life, I could go with the Click Remote where I could, yeah. I could time travel and stuff. Um, mm-hmm. There's so many good ones. I think Click Remote is a good, good contender for sure. But also, it just always seems to lead to disaster, and he doesn't even take it at the end. Maybe you could be more sensible, though, and learn from his mistakes. Yeah, because I wouldn't fast-forward through the best times of my life. The point I'd of the fall. film is that he's he fast-forwards through these things, but he doesn't realise they're what makes his life what it is. But I'd pause it. I'd eject. <laughs> <laughs> I've, I've worked it out. It's from... My favourite and best picture nominee 2021. It's definitely Hoobie's Flask. Multi-purpose, got everything going. That's Round awesome. of applause, because you <laughs> <laughs> you got the right answer. That's what I wrote down, the flask from Hoobie Halloween. <laughs> Good stuff. So right. Hoobie Halloween's the front runner at this point. Two awards so far, I think. My next one then is going to be Best Sandler. What do you call him? The, the, the Happy Madison troupe. People that appear in more than two Adam Sandler films. Who's the okay. best one? I think I know what you're going to say. Do you? I, th- I thought you were going to say Kevin James because yeah, of his that's YouTube my, channel. That's was going to be my runner-up. <laughs> yeah, I think that's good. And I do love Kevin James' YouTube channel. But in his in the films, he's been sort of like hit and miss for me. I feel like he's not particularly great, but I kind of always, <laughs> always like seeing Nick Swords. <laughs> <laughs> do you know what it is with nick swardson i'm just every time i see him i remember his role in the film the bench warmers <laughs> you've not seen yet you show me all the scenes with him it's, oh I, I? I know yeah you made me watch them all last year <laughs> every single scene he's in i've seen i always That's think like... of that and it makes me laugh so i probably would go with nick swardson and like that bit in Grown Ups 2 where he opens the <laughs> the boat and it, wh- it like whacks him across the room. I just find him really good. I don't know why. There's quite a lot of pretty decent ones. I think they're all uh, fun, aren't they? They're all quite well. Oh, do you know what? Actually, I'm, I'm rescinding that and I'm going to say Steve Buscemi. Steve Buscemi is very good. But remember him in The Fucking Cobbler, mate? Where he's like, what's wrong, son? Hey, <laughs> hey son, what's, what's wrong, boy? No, he's not the best. The best one, consistently... And who I'm giving the award to, and you're going to hit yourself in the head and say, oh, why don't I think of that? It's Tim Meadows, mate. 
Yeah, I am going to myself all ahead. Day I love Tim Meadows. I'm not going to argue that. As much as I love Buscemi, as much as I love Swartzen. <laughs> <laughs> the two classic actors. <laughs> yeah, Tim, Tim Meadows. Meadows is something else. Like He can make me laugh from so little. And we were talking as well how his appearance in Brooklyn Nine-Nine, I didn't really know who he was at the time. That made me laugh so much. His mm-hmm. appearance in Walk Hard is so funny. Always makes me laugh. Tim Meadows, the most underrated man in Hollywood. Yeah, consistently funny. I would fully agree with that, Tim Meadows. I think we should go for best and worst picture that we've seen. Let's just say worst quickly and keep it positive. The worst one is uh, the fucking Cobbler. I would say worst is Cobbler as well. Oh, going overboard though is pretty bad, but... Yeah, going overboard had all those excuses, whereas the Cobbler had an experienced Adam Sandler that had been in quite a few good films. Yeah, and an experienced director. Best Mr. Deeds. No, I'm kidding. My best. best (laughs) No, definitely not. In terms of film that we watched in that time and like that I enjoyed the most, I would say 50 First Dates. You know what's coming. Yeah, I know. You know what's coming. For me, the best. Oh, mate, come on. The best film that I've seen so far has been Punch Drunk Love for film. Mm. But I'm not counting that. It's not the best Sandler Castle film. It's not the best Sandler film. Looking at them as like a an exploration of his comedy. The best one for me is Fifty First Dates, by far. It's mm. really funny. That and Wedding Singer are both just classics. Yeah, both bangers. That I do like. Punch Drunk Love, you know what, the more we talk about it and think about it, the more I'm like, what did I miss? I do keep on thinking, <laughs> like, I should go back and watch it, like, now no, that mate, I know like, what to expect with it. If you didn't enjoy it, though, like, there's no point torturing yourself yeah. watching Punch Drunk Love over and over again to see what's going on. That's the next podcast. We'll watch it every week until I realise that I like it. Yeah, I don't know. It's still, it, I think it's definitely the most interesting out of all these films. And artistically, film as a piece of art, maybe that's that's the one to go with. But um, it doesn't have Rob Schneider playing a Hawaiian guy that has like one blue eye and one brown eye. And gets oh, for fuck's around. sake. Even the good ones have fucking got Rob Schneider doing something horrible, haven't they? <laughs> Nothing's perfect, is it? Nothing's perfect. Yeah, I think that nicely rounds off. What do we call them again? The Sandmans or the Sandies? The Golden Sandmans. The Golden Sandmans. Sand, sand <laughs> <laughs> I hope our listeners enjoyed that. Instead of watching the Oscars, you can just listen yeah. to the Golden Sandies. How can people find us, Luke? People can find us by going to Twitter or Instagram and looking for at the Sandler Pit, or they can email us thesandlerpit at gmail.com. Thanks to Joe Tyrone for the music, and thank you to Luke Thomas for his artwork. Thank you very much. And thank you, Luke Terry, for always editing these nightmare episodes together. You're you're an angel. Uh, what are we watching next week? Next week, it's carrying on our run of Frank Caracci films. We're watching the <laughs> Netflix original movie, The Ridiculous Six. Neither of us have seen it. We just know it's a Western parody film, right? Yeah. Yeah. We'll talk more about that next week anyway. Brilliant. Okay, so as always, it was a Sandler buy from me and a Sandler buy from him. Welcome to Africa. You said he was a chubby loser. You didn't mention he has that high, phlegmy voice like he drinks a lot of dairy. Standing right here, ladies. Hearing everything.